0: Hi, friends! Welcome to the Date Escape. I'm your host, Cassandra Ryder. It has been so long, too long, since I've been on here, and for that, I deeply apologize. I have no excuse other than it's because of who I am and what I am going through currently in life. So, I had this really fun idea to start this podcast like right before the semester. And you know, the first few weeks and months of the semester, everything feels really obtainable and my goals are reachable. And then, you know, like a month out from finals, I'm like, wow, my to-do list is very big. And I keep wanting to do more podcasts and I want to do more engagement with you all. But then I kept looking at my to-do list and I was like, oh gosh, you know, I really have a few other things that I have to take care of. And so I would love to throw caution to the wind and just really dive into podcasting. But alas, I am currently <laughs> in the very thick of it with my PhD program and being a teacher and all of the things that come with that. So for that, that's my long way of saying I am very sorry. It's been taking me a while to get out a third episode. I think about you all constantly. And since the release of my first two episodes, I just want to say thank you to everyone who has reached out to support me in this journey. Uh, your your words of encouragement and um, interest in talking about bad date stories really means a lot to me. I was listening to a podcast. The creators of that show came on and they're talking about how like the majority of podcasts just like out in the ether have only two to three podcast episodes. And I was like, dang, I feel really called out. (laughs) You know, like that's me. That's me in that statistic. And I was like, I can't I can't do that. You know, I have this goal, I have this vision and I have this genuine interest in creating a space that is accessible in which I can kind of share communication research and what it kind of gives us all the strength that it gives us in terms of how to make our communication better, but also how to have better communication on dates so that we can have better first dates and also maybe have a better and healthier framework for understanding what the heck goes wrong on those bad dates. It's also my hope that we laugh a little bit as well. I think that's really important. So I've had a few people make mention, you know, when I say I have started this podcast, it's about bad dates, and I'm really excited to kind of dive into it. And they're like, Oh, you're a little late for starting a podcast. You know, everyone really did that back in like 2020. You're, you you know, you're kind of behind. I'm like, wow, what does it take for a human to hear another human say, hey, I have this passion project, I'm really excited about it. And then for the response to be Oh, but everyone else is doing one as well. Like what makes you think yours is going to stand out? So if you're someone who has started a podcast and have had similar experiences, my solidarity and support to you, it definitely feels really defeating in that moment. And in fact, I was so discouraged by those words that I heard from a few people. I was talking to my therapist and she said, you know, there are so many movies that have been created and yet every year people still keep making new movies which makes sense. We want like a plethora of options instead of just having to rewatch the same Disney videos forever and ever until we die. And so when she framed it that way, I was like, "Okay, yes. It's okay that I'm adding one more podcast into, you know, the iTunes store or Spotify." is it still matters. It still matters. It doesn't have to be like a blockbuster hit, but if I'm able to connect with you all, and if, if you just take away anything from this podcast show, whether you laugh a little bit, maybe it helps you reframe some of these negative experiences you've had on first dates or just dates in general. And also if some of the research that I share with you affects your life for the better, that's enough for me. That's enough for me. Okay, Now that I've given myself a little pep talk, (laughs) I want to share some very distressing news with you all. So multiple people have also reached out to me to share that a very famous celebrity is starting her podcast that's going to be on, you guessed it, Bad Date Stories. And I was like, what the heck? Her angle, and I'll just say this out front, this is Jamila Jamil who was starting this podcast you know, she's going to bring on different comedians and they're going to laugh about bad date stories, which like sounds great. Absolutely. And in fact, if anyone from that podcast is listening to this one, I'd be happy to come onto your podcast to add kind of this expert level of research. And I'd like to add this level of understanding and familiarity with actual science and research that goes into why bad dates happen and for what reason. So gentle plug for that. But you know, I also know that there's other bad date podcasts out there that are not Jimmy Legemil's upcoming podcast, and so all of that to say, I'm feeling a little defeated. I'm going to be quite honest with you all. I'm feeling a little defeated that someone with uh, more money, more fame, you know this this podcast is being picked up by like a, one of the main um, families of podcasters. I don't know quite how to describe that just yet. I bet I'll remember how to once I stop recording. That's basically me just saying, I'm having fun with this podcast right now. We're going to see where it goes. Thank you so much for listening. And again, what I'm really hoping to add to this conversation of bad date stories is definitely trying to assist us in kind of laughing at how ridiculous humanity can be. Sometimes we have bad dates because the other person is being weird. Sometimes we're the weird person. And I also really want to hear from you if you have a bad date story in which you are the reason why that is a bad experience. I think humans are so fascinating. I love looking into like what verbal communication and nonverbal communication goes into strange behavior on bad dates. And so, yes, there's a comedy aspect that I am hoping to bring to your ears through this podcast. But what I'm also hoping to do is just to kind of create more open access to communication research. It is so Interesting. There's so much interesting research out there, but I think it's only being read by the same people. And by the same people, I mean people in academia, PhD students, graduate students, professors, maybe even some undergraduate students. But I just feel like it stops there. You know, like if you're not engaging with the material in a classroom setting, then I feel like chances are low that you're going to be engaging with it at all. And I think this research that the communication field brings us can help truly transform not only someone's life, but also their dating habits and their dating communication habits. And so that's kind of like my long-term goal with this. So please keep listening. If any of that, if any of that intrigues you, communication research, a little bit of laughter, I'm going to try my best. I have some really interesting episodes coming up in which I interview some special guests and we get to hear directly from them about their bad date stories. So more on that later. So that's my little, my little dose of negative news. There are more bad date story podcasts coming to a platform near you very soon. And if those podcasts are more your speed, I wished you well. That's great. You know, I'm, I'm here for us to all kind of communally reflect on stories that I think everyone truly can relate to. But I will say, Somewhere in between, when I dropped the first episode and the second episode, and I kept asking you all for your listener stories for me to read on the podcast and analyze, I had a few people respond. And when I'm telling you that I opened my email inbox and when I saw a listener story for the first time, came real close to shedding a podcaster tear. You know, it just really tears of joy. It just brought me so much happiness that someone would want to just first and foremost share themselves with me and then kind of allow me the opportunity to uh, help make sense of their bad date stories, which I hate that they happened in the first place, but also, and, (laughs) you know, really looking forward to kind of making sense um, of those processes. So, so today on this episode, I'm going to read the first, the very first three listener stories about their bad date experiences, and then I have some interesting research to share with you all about that. But before we get to those bad date stories, first, a word from our sponsor, Aged and Infused. Do you love making cocktails at home? Do you love supporting small businesses? Well, then you got to check out Aged and Infused, friends. The Chicago local business crafts delicious, all-natural alcohol infusion kits that help you craft a better drink come happy hour or any hour. With locally sourced ingredients like oranges, cinnamon, cranberries, and cloves, these kits make a delicious addition to any home bar. Just add your favorite spirit, wait three days, and voila, happy hour is here. Visit agedandinfused.com to shop the full line, explore cocktail recipes, and more. Cheers, friends. Our first listener story comes from M. And M, thank you again for sending this in. As a quick plug, if listening to bad date stories resurrects memories of your own bad date stories, I would love to hear from you. You can submit bad date stories that you would like to be read and analyzed on the podcast by emailing the date escape podcast at gmail.com. That's the date escape podcast at gmail.com. My inbox is eagerly awaiting to hear from you all. Okay, so here is M's bad date story. So M goes, "Up until this time, I had only dated people I met in person, at coffee shop, in class, you get the picture. But my life appeared to reach the trifecta for finally downloading a dating app. I had just moved to a new city, I was living through a pandemic, And I had recently exited a situationship that left me both hopeful and horrified at what I may find once I actually hit the streets of Salt Lake. I developed a plan to make the most wholesome dating profile possible and go on a date with the least intimidating man I could find as I re-entered the dating pool in my new city. Little did I know Ryan number six would make a lasting impact, not only on my life, but on those closest to me. As part of my safe dating practices, which also timeout pause, I love that M does this. I also encourage folks to also do this. It never hurts to have a safety plan. God forbid you ever have to enact said safety plan, but always good to have more people on your side than not. Okay, and resuming. As part of my safe dating practices, I texted my friend Allie to let her know I had a coffee date with a man I met on Bumble planned for later that evening. I sent Allie Ryan's LinkedIn profile, Not that he had provided it. Side note, I love that. Absolutely, be your own private investigator. So I sent Allie Ryan's LinkedIn profile the details for the date, which would take place at a local coffee shop later that day, and also started sharing my location. When four o'clock rolled around, I met Ryan number six at the coffee shop and he purchased my Americano. Since it was a bit chilly outside, we decided to cross the street and walk around the park while we drank our coffee and got to know each other. We were having a great conversation and I was oblivious to the countless texts and phone calls from my friends as they had seen I was taken to a secondary location. While Ryan number six and I walked around the duck pond and watched a children's soccer practice in my field, my friends slowly assembled a search party for the greater Sugarhouse park and neighborhood area. A team of graduate students equipped with pepper spray and batons slowly spread out in search of my body, presumably in a ditch. While Ryan No. 6 and I made our way back to the coffee shop, my classmate Kenzie and her partner saw us, pulled over, and ran out of the car. Kenzie had scripted a coded message to ask me if I needed help by asking if I had submitted a non-existent paper that was due that night. However, in a panic, Kenzie simply shouted, "'Are you okay?' as she walked and jogged down the street to me. Still unaware of the search party, I greeted Kenzie with a hug and introduced her to my date, who was confused." but mostly unfazed by the interaction. As the most mediocre date I had been on in a while, this interruption didn't bother me. But it also didn't stop Ryan number six from trying to kiss me when I got back to the car. No worries, the finger guns kept him at bay. (laughs) God bless finger guns. What a great nonverbal communication signal to just back up. (laughs) After leaving Ryan number 6 at the coffee shop, I met up with my search party to get some boba and reflect on how the most mediocre date became a core memory for me and my friends. As for me and Ryan number 6, we matched again a year and a relationship later. However, I only matched him to tell him that story, and then got offended that he rematched me as if we never went on a date. So my ego prevented me from ever telling Ryan number six just what a big impact he had on me. Oh, wow, what a roller coaster, Em. Thank you so much for writing that in. So much is happening. You know, all things considered, I feel like a mediocre date is better than a bad date. I'm sorry that the date was mediocre, that Ryan was mediocre. I'm also really sorry that Ryan uh, rematched you. Um, I think that's super rude. I think it would have been great if you were able to tell him this story. I also want to give a big shout out to your friends who really came through for you. Research shows that one of the risks of online dating is, you know, fears of safety. Uh, and so it sounds like me that was really not lost on M. And so therefore driving M to kind of have their friends be on their side. I'm also using they, them pronouns for M since I'm not quite sure what pronouns that they use. Uh, So please, if you wanna write in, I will just use the first letter of your first name or the first letter of your email address. And if you wanna include your pronouns, that would be most welcomed as well. So I feel like what this story is kind of telling me is that you know, the fear of online dating is real. But yes, anyway, um, thank you so much for this story. Moral of this story is that uh, fears of safety are absolutely real, both personally and also scientifically for online dating. And so I'm just really glad that you kind of took a proactive approach. You shared your location with your friends and then they actually showed up when things could have gone terribly wrong. I'm really happy that they didn't and you all get to kind of laugh about that experience. Again, I wish you and Ryan number six could also have that experience, the laugh about it together, but also... (sighs) His loss for rematching you. I just I, we wish him well. M, we wish you well. I don't know why I'm saying we. I'm, it's just me in this room. Anyway, M, I wish you well. I hope that you have better date experiences than that one. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Okay, our second listener story. I have two. I have two from the same listener. These stories are going to be from T. So T, thank you so much for reaching out and sharing your stories. They're kind of little snippets, little vignettes, and so here we go. The first one is I went on a hinge date and it turns out we went to the same college. He recognized slash knew me, but I had no memory of him from that time. While on the date, he recommended other guys that he thought I would get along with. It felt like he was saying we aren't going to work out. So date my friend. When the bill came $40, he offered to pay it and then complained about how high it was. We had two drinks each in an appetizer, so it was pretty on par with average prices. After the date, he sent me a picture of him in a hot dog costume with no context. End scene. <laughs> T, so much is happening in your story. First of all, when you find out that you went to the same college as person, it makes sense that you would go on a date with someone. So There's actually a lot of research that shows that what predicts attraction and who we kind of form relationships with, is primarily common similarities that we have. I feel like saying common and similarities is kind of like synonymous, so I hope you'll know what I mean by that. Uh, but when you find people with more similarities than not, chances are you'll probably feel more inclined to go out on a date with them. So that kind of explains your situation. You went out to the same college, it sounds like he kind of knew you. I cannot make sense of the fact that while on the date, he was talking about other guys that he thought you would get along with. Like that. That makes no sense to me. That feels like a gentle friend zoning happening during the date. Complaining about the bill, you know... I get it. I've had many bills at restaurants where I'm like, that is too high. I do not want to pay that amount of money. So I really do resonate with that. However, I feel like if you're going to take somebody out and it's in the realm of possibility that you might be the one covering the cost of the date, you know, I'm all for kind of moving past this gender binary approach where like masculine folks have to always pay for the dates. Like I'm always here for like a 50-50 split bill, you know, going Dutch or, you know, someone else who is like not masculine paying for that bill. So I feel like a good outlook is that if you're going on a date with someone, whether or not you expect them to pay for it or not, you should also be prepared to, if not just contribute, cover the entire bill. And so kind of with that mentality, I think it maybe sets manageable expectations for not complaining on a date about how much the bill cost. And also, I'd like to reiterate, reiterate this, I, I know tea doesn't really include like a year from when this happened, but $40 for four drinks and an appetizer is a steal. That is a steal. Okay, let's talk about this hot dog costume. I just... The only way I can make sense of it is that, you know, if he was trying to like gently friend zone you on the date, which is first and foremost, rude. Second of all, there's a better way to do that. You know, if someone is not feeling like a romantic vibe, I'm just all for, I'm all for directly communicating that instead of like gently suggesting, suggesting other people to date besides that person. Okay. Anyway, this hot dog costume, I feel like can be taken two ways. It's another sign that he just wanted to be friends with you. And you know, friends send funny pictures to each other all the time. And so I personally have never received a picture of my friends in a hot dog costume. If you are my friend and you wanna send me (laughs) a picture of you in a hot dog costume, I greatly welcome that experience. So maybe that was his way of trying to connect with you on a platonic level. But I also just feel like one of the things that I love about talking about bad date stories is that it's all so subjective. You know, one person's bad date story could be another person's good Date story. It's also subjective. We have different thresholds. We have different thresholds of like behaviors that we will or will not tolerate. And so maybe in the past he had uh, formed relationships with people or situationships with people based on sending them funny pictures that were unexpected, which I feel like goes back to the expectancy violation theory we talked about uh, in episode two from Dr. Judy Bagoon. I think that can kind of share with us that, you know, I for one personally don't expect to be texted uh, pictures of dates in in hot dog costumes unexpectedly. So depending on maybe your sense of humor, that will either be a positive expectancy violation or a negative expectancy violation. And then in this story from T, it sounds like it was a negative expectancy violation. Again, it kind of falls outside the realm of expectations that we have for behaviors from a person that we've been on a date with. But again, I feel like it could have, it's one of those crossroad moments. Like it either could like really be, maybe like a funny story that if this couple was to go on and like be dating for a while, you know, they kind of laugh about like, remember our first date and you sent me that weird picture of you in the hot dog costume. Like, I feel like that could be a bonding moment or it plays out how it did with T, where it's just like, what is happening? (laughs) The hot dog costume isn't the only thing weird about this story. I want to kind of, I want to just kind of acknowledge that too. Like The recommending of friends on the date, the complaining about the bill, like that's definitely not working in this person's favor, but unfortunately in this case, this hot dog costume, the hot dog costume was kind of the nail in the coffin for this, the trajectory of this relationship, unfortunately. You know, T, if you're listening out there, if you wanna send me that, if you have access to that picture of your date in the hot dog costume, I personally would love to see it. But on this context of like this, like threshold or the subjectivity of bad date stories, I feel like, yeah, one person's bad date experience is another person's good date experience. Kind of like that phrase. One person's trash is another person's treasure. So one person's trash date is another person's treasured date is a way to think about this. You know, I've been reflecting on this a lot as I continue to kind of, as I continue to hone in my research on understanding um, bad date stories. I think back to a story that my dad used to tell me about when he first met my mother so they got fixed up by a mutual friend and they got engaged after three months of dating now for some context clues my mom when they met I think she was like, I think she was either 27 or 28. And when they met, my dad was 49 going on 50. So my dad had been a bachelor his whole life. He had never been in like a really serious relationship before he met my mom. He said, he used to tell me that when he met my mom, he knew she was the one based on like the sound of her voice and how charming she was and and some other qualities that he had noticed early on. But he said they were walking around Chicago in like mid-July when they had first gotten together. And if you've ever been to Chicago in the middle of July... You'll know that everything is just sticky and you're just constantly sweating and you actually can't even tell if you're sweating because it's hot or if you're sweating because it's just humid, which is kind of not a very comfortable climate to be in. So my mom used to be really sensitive to heat. And so my dad tried to put his arm over my mom and apparently she just like freaked out. She was like, get your hand off me, kind of like snapped at him. And I'm sure it was a combination of just like... (laughs) feeling hot and gross and miserable and of course i feel like from a communication perspective no one's ever going to communicate no one's ever going to be the best communicator if they're in a situation or like a social environment where something is making them uncomfortable maybe it's the humidity maybe the weather maybe she was really tired but my dad told me that like that moment if that moment had happened to him on a date previously before he met my mother like when he was younger he said he would have written her off like immediately like he would have been so turned off by that like what a rude thing to do on a date with someone but because he had the wherewithal to know that my mom was a wonderful person. She was a catch. She was a queen. He knew to kind of stick around and kind of overlook that, you know, so it did kind of negatively violate some expectancies that he had on that date with her. But again, he was kind of able to take the long approach, the long game approach to analyzing that situation. So again, I feel like that's a good example about a situation where some person could have that experience and be like, this was a terrible date. My date was so rude to me versus like, yeah, this wasn't my favorite part of the date, but I was able to look past it because there were so many other redeeming qualities about that person. And again, that links back to the partner rewardingness aspect of expectancy violation theory. We are able to overlook negative expectancy violations from people who have a high level of partner rewardingness. And so that really played out for my dad in that moment. You know, my mom was beautiful. She was kind. She was smart. She was a good communicator. She was responsible with money. So she had a very high level of partner rewardingness. And so that made it easier for my dad to kind of overlook this moment where she kind of just snapped at him a little bit. And listen, who among us hasn't had a moment where we just kind of snapped a little bit, you know, just... Just a little snap every now and again means that you're human. That's a good sign. Okay, whew, that was that was a roller coaster. We're back to this. T, thank you so much for your first story, and I'm gonna move into T's second story. So T goes. I had another hinge date where I invited him out to go for drinks with me and my friends. Since it was a group thing and drinks on a Friday night, I told him I'd keep him in the loop when we left for the bar. I was very communicative with him about when we were leaving. That apparently didn't matter, and I was scolded over text and in-person that we slash I took too long to get to the bar. We had one drink together. He told me he was drunk and wanted to go. The kicker of the whole thing was even though he was a local, he rented a hotel and wanted me to leave with him. Scene end. What a short snippet of a story, but again, really packs a punch. I'm really curious. I don't think there's any research that I've personally read so far, you know, that supports the idea of having a first date be more of a group hang versus like a one-on-one hang. So that's super interesting. I know from my other experiences and talking to folks. I've heard of other people having those experiences, but I wonder if that's like overall a a good move. I don't know. I'm curious if you've had experiences with bad dates that occurred in a group setting or also a good date that occurred in a group setting, I'd love to hear from you. Okay. But that's besides the point. So T, I am not a fan of your date being rude to you and scolding you over text because you took too long to get to the bar. Again, when I think about like a group hangout, those things always happen. Like you never know. Coordinating a group of people, especially a group of like adults sometimes going out for like a happy hour. It's like, you know, corralling kittens. It's very hard to do. Everyone's going off in different directions. Sometimes the Uber is late. There are so many factors to, to take into account. Of course, being late to a date isn't always ideal, but it sounds like it was outside of T's control. And also T's allowed to have experiences where, you know, things just take longer than expected. Okay. Okay. But my thing about him being a local and renting a hotel room and wanting you to go with him to said hotel room, oh my God, there is so much going on with that. So there's a lot of research that shows, um, there's a lot of research about first date expectations or these kind of scripts or maybe these goals that we have that we bring to a our first date experiences. Now, there is research that shows that men sometimes have a higher expectation for sexual activity after a first date when compared to women's first date experiences. Now, any, this is just me, any research that really hinges on looking at gender differences, quote unquote, I'm I'm air quoting this, Some recording in my office, but, um, Gender differences, yes, sometimes are super salient, but I have a hard time seeing how gender is the most important variable in a lot of situations. I think it's it's one very important component to kind of take into account when you're understanding a situation, especially like a first date, but I don't think it's the only kind of guiding force about why someone does X versus, versus not. So... I also teach gender and communication, so I'm always thinking about gender and <laughs> the ways in which it's all just kind of made up at a social construct, but I also realize that sometimes it is a really salient aspect of one's identity in various situations. That's my long way of saying that I think this date experience, this bad date experience from T, really kind of supports previous research. It shows that maybe this man who you were on a date with had a higher expectation of sex than you did i'm glad it sounds like you didn't go with him you're always allowed to say no folks should always say no if they want to say no okay but again he's a local and then he rented a hotel That brings my mind automatically to why couldn't he have you come back to his place? This is an unsupported theory hypothesis, but I think maybe he was married, maybe he was living with a partner and this was some kind of like cheating escapade that was happening. And maybe because it was cheating, that made him even mad because he has like a limited time where he can kind of make up a story to his partner. This is a, this first off, this is a narrative that I'm actively making up. So this is just go on this journey with me, but I also know that this is unsupported, but you know, if this person is cheating, you know, he has very limited time to kind of tell his partner, like, Hey, I'm going to be at the work. I'm going to be at the office late tonight. And so he really kind of, you know, wants to get something accomplished, which sounds like uh, sex in a very short amount of time. So causing him maybe to be mad that you got to the bar too late. Anyway, I wish that person well. T, I wish you well as well. It sounds like you really dodged a bullet with this person and I'm just sorry about his mean and unwarranted communication to you. And again, my theory is that he was married. Okay, friends, we did it. Our first episode with actual listener stories what a dream come true. Thank you all so much for letting me go on those journeys with you all and kind of rehashing those memories. If listening to this episode sparked a memory in you of your bad date stories, I would love, truly love to hear from you. So if you'd like your bad date story to be read and analyzed on the podcast, please email the story to me at the date escape podcast at gmail.com. Once again, that's the date escape podcast at gmail.com. If you like this podcast and want to engage in more content from us, I don't know why I said us. It's just me. This is a one woman show here. Um, we have a Facebook page. We have an Instagram page. I'd love to hear your thoughts about these stories and, and kind of my analysis. Maybe you think I'm totally wrong, which I also appreciate. I love hearing some constructive criticism. So I'd love to hear your thoughts and your analyses. If you would like to financially support the show, you can access the Patreon link by going to thedateescape.com. There you can also learn a little bit more about me, about the sponsor for our podcast. Another thing you could do if you like supporting the podcast is to please rate and review the podcast wherever you listen. Your reviews mean the world to me. I have alerts set up on my Gmail account so that whenever someone posts a new uh, review, I get to see that immediately. Your words of kindness mean so much to me. And also, if you don't like the podcast, you know, I do open the door for that criticism as well. But uh, please rate and review. It really means a lot to me. Tell your friends about the podcast. If you know your friends have bad date stories, please ask them to get in touch with me i'd love to hear more about their experiences okay friends we did it this concludes episode three thank you so much for listening while i never wish bad dates upon anyone if you find yourself in a situation where you are on a bad date please remember to look for the exit signs in case you need to make the date escape Thanks everyone. I'll see you next time.